Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. On today's show, Total Reboot co-host and standout comedian on Question Everything, Alexi Toliopoulos, joins me to review the new Marvel flick, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. My name is Justin Hamilton, and calm down, mate. I'm not dead. It's just a performance. Now get down here and play along, here on Big Squid. and listening to our third podcast for the week. Today, we're bringing in Alexi to discuss the Shang-Chi movie. We saw it on the first day that the cinemas reopened. We were way too excited, way too giddy to get back to our happy place. And uh, we recorded this podcast probably less than half an hour after the film ended. So this is a fresh chat a really fresh chat about a film we had a very good time in. If you missed it yesterday, I released an episode with one of the stars of the film, the super talented and wonderful Ronnie Chang. And if you want to hear his uh, thoughts about what it's like to make a Marvel movie and how his career is going in the States, it's a great companion piece to this one. This episode is full of spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie yet and you don't want to be spoiled... Bookmark it, put it aside, come back to us later. But I'm just giving you the warning now because I don't want to ruin anything for you. And I'm, I'm, look, I'm thinking about everybody, but I'm particularly thinking about people in Melbourne who probably have not had a chance to see the film yet. So just be careful. I know it's only a movie, but there's just nothing, nothing worse than being bummed out about someone ruining something for you. So uh, tread carefully. But, you know, maybe if you're on the fence and you're not sure if you want to see the film or not, uh, maybe this uh, podcast will help you lean in one way or the other. Uh, 
by the way, on Tuesday, we launched the new season with Ben Elwood and I, kicking off our David Lynch series with his first film, A Race Ahead. It has been a big week. Like you take a, a few weeks off and then you, you come out running hard. Three episodes. It's been a big, big week. And we are wrapped to be back here with you. Uh, we now also have a Patreon where you can sign up and receive all types of bonus material from scripts to one-off podcasts. We've already had a bunch of people sign up already. It's really lovely considering we just launched. So if you would like to check it out, head over to Patreon, Justin Hamilton dash big squid and you will be able to find us there and hopefully find a, a tier that suits you i've tried to keep it as cheap as possible i know times are tough so um we've tried to keep it in a uh, a ballpark that's not too uh full on for anyone uh one of the benefits or treats of signing up to the patreon is that you get a podcast shout out all your own I know that some shows kind of do a readout of names. Well, uh, we're doing it a little bit differently here. Each Patreon gets an episode that goes directly out to them. And this episode, it goes out to uh, Matt Diagon. Is that correct, Matt? Diagon? Maybe it's Diagon. So uh, I did a little check online to get your name pronounced correctly so i hope i've nailed that matt uh thank you very much for signing up buddy it is very much appreciated and look matt i hope you've seen shang chi because that would mean you're definitely listening to this podcast sooner rather than later but if you haven't seen the film you might be avoiding this for spoilers so (laughs) if anyone knows matt and they know that he's avoiding this episode because he hasn't seen the film yet just i don't know Tell him to listen to the first few minutes so he knows he's got a shout-out. Either way, thank you very much for signing up, Matt. This episode's for you. Uh, All right, I'm ready to get to the fun stuff. We'd better bring in Alexi so we can discuss the complicated life of Shang-Chi, who must confront the past he thought he left behind when he's drawn into the mysterious Ten Rings organisation. This is Shang-Chi and the legend of the Ten Rings. Hey, can we get real for a second? We've been friends for 10 years. I know that you don't like to talk about your life, but a guy with a freaking machete for an arm just chopped our butts in half. DJ Snakes. Who are you? My father trained me to be the 10 rings greatest weapon. That's not who I am. How did you find me? I always know where my children are. Me against the world, I got my back against the wall. Seems like a nice fella. It's time to show the world. No, I'm hellbound. I'm well now. Who I really am. No one will ever stop. Product of all who came before you. If I die, it's your fault. I must stop him. Hell yeah. Looking fresh, feeling like a 
name is Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Shang. 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 S-H-A-N-G. Shang. That's what I said. Oh, you can turn it up? Yeah, you can hear me. This has been the first time we've seen a movie together mm-hmm. in a long time. Uh, we are recording this on the day that Sydney opened up again and we went to the cinema. And before I get into anything, I, yeah. we walked back from uh, Palace Central mm-hmm. to my place and it's been, it's been tough because I didn't want to talk until we had the microphones. Yeah. We've said words to each other <laughs> a, a regarding the film. We've said characters' names, yes. and we have said the names of actors, yep. and then nodded after the name yep. has been said. That's probably the closest we've got. And full disclosure to the listener, um, I had to run and pee straight away. My stamina is not what it used to be, right. apparently. Yep. Um, and I had to go... I, Justin did tell me the two... After credit scenes? Yeah, the two yep. posts credits he did tell me about it but i um yeah you know i i made the choice i was like i need to i need to make a choice mate i knocked off a double feature uh glass of wine which is <laughs> two standard drinks and yep. 600 mils of water and i was wrapped with my 49 year old bladder because <laughs> it was getting right to the precipice yeah. and i quickly googled how many after credit scenes there were <laughs> and all i could think was yep. this better be one of those films that only has one that's straight after the yeah. the, the first part of the credits it's and it's there's be. two, there's mm-hmm. one right at the end, and I was like, motherfucker. Yeah. And then I was trying to keep myself busy, distracted, yeah. and then I looked up, and they were still on VFX credits, and oh, I was God, like, Jesus, no this is another hour. Yeah. Anyway, I got to the you end, and then, uh, you know, still managed to keep a level of class, I think, Absolutely. on my way to the toilet. But it, um, did, it did make me feel strange to be the... F- as soon as the credits started, I got up. Never, yeah. I never do this. I yeah. always stay with the credits... Regardless if there's a post credits or not, I stay for the credits. I want to respect every person that worked on the movie. Right. I want to look at every individual name and soak it in, <laughs> accept that they did the work and show them the gratitude for making the art that I care about most, the movies, baby. Yes. But I got up immediately going, oh, I've got to go. And all I could think of, like, everyone's looking at me going, like, who doesn't know that this post credit sequence? Oh. I'm like, yes, I know. Okay. Yeah. I haven't watched a movie where I've been able to pause and get up and go to the bathroom for... <laughs> Months. I got my bladder can't handle this anymore. Mate, you're a Marvel Maverick. I don't give a shit about the after credit <laughs> scene. Most of you are here just for the after credit scene. <laughs> That's actually what the thought in my head was. Was like, you oh. know what? I don't care enough to see the post credit scene. Oh I got to make it out of here. Like I've just sat through this two hour trailer for mm-hmm. the after credit scene, yeah. and now I've got to go to the toilet. So the one thing that I've been dying to say to you, like, there's heaps of things that I'm mm-hmm. dying to say to you, but <laughs> one of the things that will come out of left field was, yep. fuck. I loved whoever that dude was who was sitting on our left who was having the best day of his life. There was a guy directly <laughs> behind us to the left that chuckled at every single laugh line. Every. And it would be a thing where, like, my head would go, well, that's not that funny. And then you would laugh because of the guy's laugh yeah. immediately after. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Then it gets back to me. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm having a good time. Yeah. I'm having a good time, yeah. I haven't heard any other voice mm. while watching a movie in months as well. Because I've yeah. been like, you know, I... You gotta I'm, watch those audio commentaries, mate. Right. You gotta put a director's commentary on every now and then. Just so I have a little bit of company. Well, yeah. you know, it is, uh, and I'm I'm reluctant to bring this up because it could completely derail the uh, mm-hmm. podcast. But uh, as you know, uh, you're a big fan of the movie Saturday Night Fever, and yeah. I had not seen it. Yes. And yes, yes. I finally watched it, and mm-hmm. it was, I thought it was in the world of flash dance in Greece. Mm-hmm. And there was a moment when a man says, 
oh no, I've broken my pussy finger, and I did a double take yeah. to nobody. Yeah, you gotta you like the you gotta show them. You guys seen this shit? You guys seeing this shit over here? <laughs> we'll save that for a Patreon podcast. Yeah, we got you'll, it. I'll do, you'll love. I'll come with you anytime to the West Side yeah. Night Fever. Yeah, any time of the week. That Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. The weekend is my business. Yep. And then I'll come back on a Monday again. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I wouldn't even think of having you on the weekend. Uh, so the character of Shang-Chi, which, uh, as we did talk about on our yeah. way home, because I followed this, I, I know this character from when I was a kid, I have said Shang-Chi for yeah. fucking decades. So if I slip up, it's Shang-Chi, mm-hmm. created by uh, writer Steve Englehart uh, in, the, in the 70s. Uh, Steve Englehart is... Uh, a great comic book writer, a little bit left of centre, mm-hmm. uh, created uh, lots of uh, amazing uh, characters that you see in the Marvel Universe now. He created uh, Shang-Chi with the artist Jim Starlin, who created Thanos, mm-hmm. uh, and Al Milgram back in December of 1973. It was in a comic special Marvel edition number 15. Had you heard of the character before the Marvel film was announced? Yes. Yeah. I had heard just enough to kind of gather what it would be like you know back from my comic book days I would have yeah. known a little bit I'd never read a Shang-Chi novel yeah. I've never read any run I don't think I've even read like a single issue so this was like pretty much for the most part my introduction to the character beyond like anything else so you can yeah. just glean from being someone who reads comics yeah. and hangs out in comic book stores so I once again we have not said anything uh, but one of the things that I found really fascinating about the film that we just watched Mm. was I did find it funny but I was so relieved I did not find it funny in a Guardians of the Galaxy Avengers uh, Taika Waititi kind of way it it had its own sense of humour I agree that's something that I found quite refreshing about it and I guess also like it takes a little bit in in that model in its casting its two leads um, uh, as like comedic actors like Aquafina and Simu are largely known as like comedic actors that's what their background is and I think that they translated very well for me from knowing them as comedic actors to kind of playing that line of more emotional hero's journey type thing as well. Yes. So like with like the lightness of touch of like con- very contemporary comedy. Yes. Uh, I, you know, I thought, uh, so the lead's name is Simi Lu. Is yeah. that how you pronounce Simi it? Simi Lu, I think. Yeah. And uh, I thought he was great. Mm. I thought he was really charismatic, immediately liked the character, yeah. loved the way he handled himself. I thought Orkafina was the... MVP of the movie mm. for me. Her character of Katie was sensational. Yeah. And I liked that it was a friendship. And I, I really liked that too. Yeah. Like, I'm sure at some point they will bow to, you know, commercial pressure yeah. to make them a couple, but I, I liked that they were pals and I thought she was... Magnificent, and the two of them together was fantastic. They had great chemistry together. I love the way that they played off each other. Yeah. I would say as well, like because like the Marvel films are so tame and so largely sexless, like yes. muted. Yeah, I, I whenever that there is not any kind of stuff in there, I do prefer that than being like you know something like Doctor Strange, where it's like yes, he's got a girlfriend. Okay, he's got a girlfriend. Right, but something like this, where it's like no, the, the there's no tension in that regard. There, I'm yep. like yeah, thank God because it's not going to relieve itself in any way. We're not going to see them like 
do something really cool together, like yeah. have sex with each other. It's not right. going to happen. Well, so I think the friendship makes it like it fits in what they're trying to do a lot more. You know yes. what I mean? I find uh, I'm very conflicted about that aspect of superhero storytelling mm. because they are essentially a, uh, a genre that is made for children. Yeah. And I kind of like it. I, it's not that I want these movies to be sexless, but I do want them to be something a little bit more, you know. Yeah. And uh, uh, you know, our friend Ben Elwood, like he, like he does not like the movie Logan, yeah. And it's because they swear, and you know, he's just a bit like, "What's going on here?" Yeah. You know, but. Uh, just I don't know. Just watching a guy and a girl be friends was a real refreshing experience, mm, and especially because they're close friends. And the thing that I really dug about it is the like because there's this cultural aspect to this movie as well, in that it's like uh, Asian migrants in this part. Where yep. I think I really appreciated like the like how grounded their friendship is in like their their diasporic community as yep. well like i that's something that i really appreciated in this and how it developed their character and how it gives voice to their character yep. in a very specific way that is something we've not seen at all in like the marvel movies like yep. the spider-man stuff there's some stuff that gets close there where we're kind of grounded in some kind of actual reality yeah but to see something like this I'm like oh okay this makes sense I understand this world I understand who these people are in their worlds and yep. so when it goes into like this portal fantasy it the, we, we've had that grounded reality to really appreciate where the fantasy goes to from that. Yeah, that's a really good point. The, uh, you know, long-time listeners of this podcast know that I'm not really up for a CGI ending. Mm. There's a lot of CGI in this ending, but... I, I don't know. I just kind of really was fine with it and I accepted yeah. it and it felt... Uh, it did feel grounded storytelling-wise mm. in very relatable and recognisable characters. All of the characters had a pretty good kind of through line, didn't yeah. they? Like, even uh, even characters that were quite minor, there was... Oh, yeah, I see how they got from there to there. And uh, I just kind of... I don't know. There was just something about... I, I think maybe because of the genre of this film, mm. I, I was... Oh, yeah. Well, we, 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 now we've got dragons and soul yeah. eaters flying around, and that's fine because this is probably where it was always going. And I think maybe when I get bored with the CGI endings, it's because it feels a little like... Uh, how are we going to end this? Yes. Oh, something big. Something big falling down. Something big. I agree with you. Like, f what I really loved about this movie, and I think why I, I, I would compare it favorably to a lot of the MCU, is yeah. I am a sucker for portal fantasy movies. Like, yeah. or any portal fantasy story, like from your Narnias to Alice in Wonderland to The Wizard of Oz, where someone goes from, like, the naturalistic real world. Yeah in quotations yep. and then goes into a fantasy world through some kind of portal whether it be a platform nine and three quarters or a wardrobe or you know a board game or something like that yeah these are the kind of things that i i really love that where we go into an imagined fantasy world i think with this 
because it lands so successfully into that genre. Yep. Uh, where. And it's difficult because the Marvel Universe already has fantastical things in it. Right. So, you know, we see some stuff early on, like there's like a hulking type character, you know. I don't, I don't know how else to describe it, but there's oh, like... Oh, that was the abomination from yeah. Incredible Hulk. Oh, was it the actual yeah. abomination? Yeah. Tim Roth. Well, it was definitely the abomination, so... It could be the Tim Roth. So it's the Tim Roth abomination. Yeah, well, that's what it... Uh, oh, gosh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we see that earlier on. So we know that there's like already like fantastical shit going on in this world. But then like, to go into the imagined world of... What's the village go- that they're called? The fantasy world that they're going to? Uh, I can't remember what that was called. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. I haven't had enough time to... <laughs> we, we are hot off the cinema. Like, we are. We literally walked in. I poured us both a glass of wine and we sat down. Yeah. <laughs> so when we go into that fantasy world, because I think it so successfully creates a whole new... A whole new imagery for what is going on. Like, this is a new fantasy realm. Yeah. Like, there's so many different creatures that are quite exciting to see. Yeah. The world looks a little bit different. Like, yep. it doesn't have this typical geography that we're used to in this film and the yep. MCU as a whole. That I think because it so successfully creates, like, fantastical beings. Yeah. Where you're like... I fully accepted the CGI battleness yes. towards the end. Yeah, well, you know, it does a um, it does a good job of uh, kind of going back and forth in the story. There's a little bit of uh, you know, uh, it's it's not it's a fairly linear movie, but mm. it has little flashbacks here and yeah. there that kind of fill in things nicely. Uh, funnily enough, you know. Uh, and we'll get to him properly in a sec, but the the Trevor Slattery character when that little mm. what is it the little what what does uh, what does she uh, what does Katie call it like the little like the furry bum oh yeah thing whatever yeah, the little pig that, chicken or something pig chicken whatever yeah. that little creature is like having that little thing pop up allows you to when you finally get to the place that they're going you go. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, no, that makes sense. Like I've already seen that. I've had a taste of that. I so, accept it all. Yeah, yeah. So the world building is uh, quite wonderful, and I think it'll. Um, you know, I, I think it's probably up there with the um, like. I think the Wakandan mm. world building is I exemplary. I would say that to me, Black Panther still. I can't imagine it ever really changing. Is like the actual gold standard for the MCU where I think genuinely I think that's a fantastic movie not just like a great movie in the Marvel Universe like I think oh, that's yeah. uh, I think that's for that to me every aspect of it every department is on fire yeah from the cast to the production design to the score I think that is the one where I go everything's on fire on that movie that's a great film you know and I know so many people that think it's really boring and not oh, great no and way. I'm like I reckon like you're wrong yeah i would agree <laughs> I, I i really think that is genuinely a fantastic movie yeah yeah and, and with i'm a, with I'm... a properly like out of control uh antagonist yeah. in killmonger where Absolutely. like it's rare and uh, the, the 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 casting of of, of uh sterling brown and and yeah. michael b jordan like mm-hmm. it's not often you get to the end of these movies and you go i kind of don't think he's wrong. Yeah. You know? That's what I. That's for me why I like it because yeah. uh, compared to most of the others, it's one of the few that has like a thematically resonant. Yeah. Uh, thematically resonant. Th- 
like subtext to it as well. Yeah. Whereas I find these films genuinely lack a lot of that. Yeah. I'm quite hard on the Marvel films. Like I don't really get excited. Yeah. But we, I, I should a point where after Spider-Man ending of that phase, I was like, you know what? I might put the pin in it here. Yeah. I don't feel the need to truly continue kind of over it. But lo and behold, every single one since then that they've announced or is coming up has come out now. Yeah. There's always at least one aspect that gets my little cinephile ass <laughs> a little bit excited <laughs> for what's going on. And I would say the element in this film is by far... Ronnie Chang. Well, one, that's, you know, getting someone that I admire and respect for my own personal yeah. life, yes. But the uh, the actual thing here, which is casting of Tony Lung, yeah. one of the greatest movie stars in the history of cinema, and the greatest stars of international cinema, and one of the maybe five most handsome people to ever grace the earth. Yes, right. I Who are the other four? Oh, you know, a couple of them in this room, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I would say that was the one where I'm like, you know what? I'm 100% seeing this yeah. movie as soon as I can in cinema. Because I cannot even... I've seen so many of his films. Yep. I cannot think of one big Hollywood movie that he's done. Right. Like, I, he is... He has really not done, like, Hollywood films. Like, Hero is probably the biggest, most successful mainstream-ish movie he's done. Which yeah, is, like, right. the, uh, the kind of wuxia film. Yep. And I couldn't... I, like, when they cast him, I was flummoxed. I couldn't yep. believe that they got freaking Tony Lung, the legendary Tony Lung, to be in a Marvel film. Well, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm reluctant to make any grand statements considering we are half an hour out yep. of the cinema, but... I'm, I put his uh, character up there with Killmonger. Yes. like I, I, I had a lot of, uh, had a lot of empathy for the character, even though he's a bad guy, mm. and you kind of understood where he was coming from. And yeah, I mean, he probably is the best actor to ever be in a Marvel Cinematic Universe film. Right. I would probably... I, I'm trying to think, and the closest I can come to, Jeff Bridges and um, well, the other Iron ones Man. in this movie, Ben Kingsley, I would say, are like, oh, yeah. probably the best ones in there. Well, that Jeff Bridges, like, you have you read about what it was like filming that and where, no. like, they, they were ad-libbing heaps. It was yeah. Robert Downey Jr., Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. There was barely... From all reports, mm. the script, you know, like, uh, I think, and Jeff Bridges wasn't saying this in a bad way, yeah. but it was a little bit student movie, you know. Mm. So uh, I think, uh, you know, because he's the, the, the fatal flaw of the majority of Marvel movies is killing off the villain. Yeah. Or like, you, you stop killing him off. Yeah. Like, you know, and the Jeff Bridges character would have been great to keep around. Yeah. And uh, um, so the the character that uh, Tony was playing, uh, he is, uh, his character was originally uh, um, Fu Manchu. Okay. So in the comics. So yeah. what happened was uh, Shang-Chi was spun off from novelist Sax Roma's licensed property mm. as the unknown son of fictional Fu Manchu. Oh, wow. When, and so uh, what happened was they 
uh, Englehart and Stalin originally pitched the idea to DC Comics, mm-hmm. and what they wanted to adapt was the TV series Kung Fu. Yeah, cool. And then DC wasn't interested, believing the show and the martial arts genre popularity would fade away. Oh, boy. And so they <laughs> took the idea, yeah, good work. And so yeah. they took it to Marvel, where Marvel owned the rights to Fu Manchu and insisted that the ideas be combined. Yeah. And then uh, when Marvel lost the rights to Fu Manchu, Shang-Chi's connection was underplayed, and then they changed the father's name to Zheng Zhu. And, uh, you know, that's kind of how you, you you end up with this character. But it's it's funny, isn't it? The As I get older, I really believe restrictions are a great yeah. thing to have for creativity. Yeah, absolutely. Because otherwise it's like, I'm doing all these ideas. And then you're looking going, that's a mess. Yeah. But when you have... You've got the structure yeah. there, limitations in place. Yeah. Um, so uh, his character was like easily, easily like one of my favourites uh, in a long time. Oh, absolutely. And it's just beautifully performed. Yeah. I, I, you, I've never not believed the thing that he said on screen. Yeah. And I think that's like he's one of his most impressive traits as an actor. He's also really great nuanced facial actor. Yes. Like, you know, George Clooney always comes to mind when I think about like facial actors, people that are in complete control of their face. Mm. And I think that he is in that regard more subtle and nuanced than uh, than a George Clooney type. Oh, than like just about anyone, right? But it still reads. Everything he yeah. does reads. Whether like in the climactic battle where he kind of is... Conf- you see him being confronted by his ideas. Yes. That he's got it placed in his mind that are so steadfast where he truly believes that what his mission at hand is and what yeah. his motivation is. And you see that begin to finally be questioned directly yeah. to him and him having to kind of interpret that into information that is being given to him yeah i you truly see every little thing on his face and it's like he's doing nothing yeah yeah so you know where it is uh beautifully uh realized is really early in the, on in the film i've just done a little look up at taylor is where they're trying to get mm-hmm. that's the uh so uh the his character is um you know he's got these 10 rings that make him all powerful mm. nobody knows where he found them from yep. and he's he's devastated the world for centuries and mm-hmm. just done whatever he wanted and he wanted to go to this one place Taylor yeah. and that's where he meets uh, the love of his life who is uh, I, th- I think you pronounce her name Leko Wu mm. and uh, their fight scene is the lovemaking scene yeah it's graceful it's, it's beautiful and you watched all the way through that fight, mm. you watch him fall in love. Yeah. Or you watch her fall in love as well. I, this is why I truly think it is very fortunate that he did this movie, but also why I would say it is up there with Robert Downey Jr. as far as like the most superb casting choices they've ever done. Yeah. Because they're actors and movie stars, they, they bring a baggage to whatever role they play. Yeah. And when you've got an undeniable movie star like this, where there's like a cultural baggage to what they bring, it needs to either subvert or be in aid of the character. Yeah. And to have someone that has been in so many of like the modern Wuxia films like this um, or um, 
what's the one? Ashes of Time, the uh, Wong Kar Wai film, right. and the Grandmaster. He plays the Ip Man. Yeah. Um, I think that there's. N- I really don't think there is another actor that could have done this. Like, if you go for someone like a Jet Li, who yep. is also like a background in like martial arts films and stuff. Yeah. And wuxia films. If you go, if you go, if you get him, you'll be like, okay, I get that aspect. But then there's this profound romantic quality to Tony Lung that no other actor on earth possesses where yeah. he has been in like some of the most sensual romantic movies of all time like In the Mood for Love uh, and 2046 and Chunking Express where he is able to like embody both aspects of this character as being like someone who has been around for a thousand years and battled all these things but then also be able to create like the power of the romantic nature the romantic relationship that is like the entire spine of this movie yeah and like what the entire motivation and crux of the film is is this romantic relationship where he's lost the love of his life and everything is motivated by that yeah i don't think there's another actor that could play both those aspects while also bringing the entire cultural baggage to make it seem endless in time that the way that he's able to do yeah and um yeah, that's that's why I saw the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because no. Because of him and yeah. like and I needed to see that and I got to tell you they made it work. Yeah. They made it work. And I would, you know, it's not the best role he's ever had in his life, no. but he's done one of the best things that's in this saga, you know. Well, you know, he's he's acting, uh, you know, you you're so correct in that uh, what he nails early on in the film with that character mm. is it allows you to accept what happens at the end. It's not attacked mm-hmm. on ending. Yeah. Once again, it's similar to the Killmonger thing where it's like, there is a forward momentum that makes a lot of sense as to why this is happening right now. Mm. And I can understand how we've gotten there. You know, I, I know it's only a Marvel film, but I, emotionally I understand how we've reached yeah. this point. I can understand why his son and daughter have turned against him. Mm. I can understand why they don't buy into what's happened to him. I can understand why he's fallen back into his ways, you know. And uh, look, you know, when you hear Marvel is doing Shang-Chi for Phase 4 and you're sitting there going, okay, like I see what you're trying to do. They're very smart people like Mm -hmm. Kevin Fager's the biggest genius in movies at the moment, regardless of whether you like Marvel films Mm. or not, uh, with what he's doing. Business and storytelling genius mining, bringing the two together, yeah. And, like, I kind of think... Imagine you're a kid Mm. and you see this because you see the Marvel films. Like, maybe this opens up a whole world of uh, filmmaking that you have never seen. Uh, Yeah, I think as well, I I get excited about, like, the different textures that they bring now. Yeah. Because so much of what we're, I guess, looking forward to in this new phase of Marvel uh, or the new saga, if that's what they're calling it, now that the Infinity Saga is over. Oh, yeah, the Infinity Um, War. Yeah. Three seasons. Now that we're in this new phase, new saga, we we are moving in that kind of mystical, magical, fantastical realm, which is something that I'm excited about because I think that I have some fatigue in like the kind of... 
science fiction fantasy yep. that we've been in before and to kind of change the texture of it I yep. find really interesting between this and like you know Doctor Strange coming down the line yep. we are moving further into like something rather different that this is becoming a fantasy series rather than like a science fantasy series well it's also interesting where I've watched the um, the stuff on Disney Plus mm. uh, and I think it's all been uh, you know like it's I wouldn't say it's been hit and miss, but, uh, you know, there's stuff that I've liked more than others, etc. Mm. But it's interesting because you kind of have a... Uh, you kind of have this set up with the new Captain America and there's kind of the grounded mm. realm, but we also have the WandaVision stuff going into the Doctor Strange stuff, which also seems like it will... You know, like we've seen... We saw Wong yeah. in this film, you know, who was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, he, he, we've got this mystical side as well. We know that they're setting up Kang the Conqueror as... Mm. Is he going to be a big bad? I don't know. But what's interesting is with Black Widow, which is a prequel... Mm-hmm but is a part of Phase 4 yep. with this film and Eternals, which, you know, as you said to me when we were watching the trailer, I have no idea what the fuck this movie is, right? Yeah. You but, had to tell me what, <laughs> yeah. what the go is with yeah. that. But you know what you can tell from the trailer, which it has in common with the two movies we've already seen, is it's all about family. Yeah. And uh, I know the next Captain Marvel film is going to have... I think it's called Marvels and has mm. a few... I think they're going to introduce the Muslim Ms. Marvel, who yep. is probably one of the great uh, modern characters created by Marvel. She mm. is, uh, she's been uh, written by Muslim uh, writers and yeah. artists, and she is, uh, like... She's a lovely character. Come yeah, on, can't cool. like, She's a great character, you yeah. know? Like, she is... She what Peter Parker was to the 60s yeah. he she is to you know contemporary world contemporary world yeah, okay, along cool. with Miles Morales as yeah. the uh, new Spider-Man so I'm curious to know if that's what we're going to be seeing there's going to be a lot of world building with all these next Marvel movies mm. which will all be about family yeah and I guess that's where we'll, we might be going um, I had a uh, so the the character of Shang Li uh, Shang Chi, uh, when the artist Paul Galassi took over the comic, um, uh, Paul Galassi is a great great comic book artist. Mm. Uh, he uh, he used Bruce Lee as the model for the visual oh, wow. appearance, and uh, Simi Liu uh, was. I don't know. I just thought he was a perfect pick for this film. I just like immediately, you know, it's mm. like you know when you're sitting in the cinema and you go. I like him. Yeah, I don't think I've seen him in anything at no. all. I liked him immediately. I think he's fantastically charming. Yeah. And I would say it's a huge task to carry a film like this. And yeah. I think he genuinely does it. Like, yeah. I think that, especially if there's not like a movie star behind it, or at least an established character, yeah. it's hard to carry that, a film like this. And I really do... I mean, I loved every second that he was on screen. I yeah. believed, I believed pretty much everything that was going through with him. But also, I was felt invested in the character immediately. Yes, especially when you kind of realize 
one of the things I anticipated going into this film yeah. was that it would be an origin film in the truest sense. Right. Where we're going to discover the world through his eyes. Right. Uh, but instead we discover it through Katie. Exactly. We've yeah. discovered through the eyes of Aquafina. So I, I, that was something that I was excited by, that it wasn't going to just be like, he's going to find out about the legend of his family. It's like, yeah. no, he knows all that. He knows. And it's been hidden. And the way that it is revealed is so... That first fight scene... On the bus. Oh. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> so I was I. so in. Especially like, you know, earlier this year we had Nobody, the um, the movie starring uh, Bob Odenkirk. Yes. That has a fantastic fight scene on a bus. Right. And to see a fight scene com- be comp- on a bus be completely different to that. Yeah. In its tone, in its scope, uh, in its style. Yeah. I really found this to be like... A great blend of uh, the martial arts. I like the way that all the fights are shot in this as well, where there's like kind of a fluidity but rigid movement to the camera as well. There's something about that I really liked and it felt a little bit fresh, especially for Marvel. Felt fresh. Like they also felt more tactile than fight scenes that are usually CGI in these films. Yes. Um, And the camera movement felt quite natural uh, or like real rather, I would say. Um, And... To have a blender with comedy in like a very nice, elegant slapstick way, I found really good. Yeah. And it's got a blend between that and the comedy that Aquafina is bringing with like being trapped in this situation as she's like bearing witness to going like, oh my God, my friend can kick ass. Like yeah. what is going on? <laughs> I thought I was the one that was protected him. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I thought it was a great introduction to... Introduction to uh, the subversion that you're going to see in this film, that this yeah. is going to be a typical origin story. Yeah, it felt like a martial arts version of Speed for a moment mm. and uh, very funny, really entertaining, good like good choice on the minor character who's filming it and, yeah. and commenting. Yeah. <laughs> he was really... Yeah. That was a really funny character. That's a little character, a comedic character actor I've seen in a lot of things. I can't right. quite place him, but he must be like a stand-up of some kind. Right. See him on like Crashing or something like TV shows like that. Yep. And there are choices in this fight scene that surprised me that I... Why didn't I ever think of them? It's like the kind of choices that you make when you're a kid and you're listening to music on like your iPod or something. Right. And there's like a cool song on and you just imagine what the fight scene you could do in this scene, in this oh, yeah. location would be. And because they're in an accordion bus, having the accordion bus play a part in, you know, it being... I don't want to ruin it for people that haven't seen it. But no, the accordion- no, no, no. Um, I'm in the intro. I'll let everyone okay. know this is full of spoilers. But when the accordion bus is sliced in half and they yeah. use it to like put to jettison like the villains, yeah. I was like, that is great. That's a child's mind at play in like creating a cool action sequence. So I, so I just looked up. This is uh, this character is played by an actor called Zachary Cherry, mm-hmm. and he was uh, the same character was in Spider Man Homecoming, which oh, I have okay. only ever watched once. It's weird. Both Spider-Man movies, I really enjoyed when I saw them Mm. and have never watched them again, which is what I'm aligned with a lot of Marvel films. Yeah, the first one I've seen a few times. I love it. I would put it... I'm a big Spider-Man guy. I love Spider-Man. Yeah. And, he's a great um, character. I think it's great. Like it's kind of what I see. it's when you watch it. You're like this is a Spider-Man movie I've wanted my whole life. You know. Oh, you know. I, I think you it's know. I not think my the, 
I've got a two more that I would put right above it in the animated Spider-Verse, I think is a um, oh, proper masterpiece. And I think Spider-Man 2, Tobey Maguire, um, is up there with Bride of Frankenstein as like the great American sequels of all time. Right, I right. really think it's a like, perfect sequel. It should be like in the lists and archives of like America's film history because it's important yeah. as a sequel. I like the first film. Yeah. I like the first... Uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, but the second one is has that great moment where his spider sense goes off and the and the mm-hmm. uh, the car that comes through the window. But so yeah. uh, that film, like such I a smart move, getting movie. Alfred Molina as oh, Doc Ock, and so good. but um, yeah, that whole bus scene is so much fun. Mm. Her react, Katie's reaction to what is going on with my friend. It, her, <laughs> The first time she sees Shang-Chi with his shirt off and yeah. she's like... Where's your shirt? Oh, hello. My yeah. friend is fucking ripped. Yeah. <laughs> I would actually say that this probably is the best action of all the Marvel films. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else kind of gets close and tomorrow I'll be kicking myself if I think of something. But you know, it's the, the most exciting, the most tactile. You know, the... Um, I Like, you know, this is... Like, this is not a great fucking comment because Mm. lots of people would think this, but the... The Captain America scene in Winter Soldier in Mm. the lift is a scorcher. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And uh, and it it really... Like, all the action in that's great, but it's the the whole tension and Mm. Cap noticing what's going on and and Chris Evans is pitch perfect as that character of course does anyone want to get off yeah (laughs) before we start does anyone want to get off yeah it's such a fucking cool line i would agree i think that's the that to me that is the closest we have yeah i I would say these two stuff is like i'm saying this stuff is i they nudge against each other i think yeah i i think this was one as someone who was about to hop off, I'm glad that I did not take yeah. Cap's advice and hop off the lift and I stuck no. around to see this one on the big screen. You hung around. It probably won't be... It's not going to end up on my best of list at the end of the year, but that's okay. Not every movie has to. No, it was heaps <laughs> of fun. It was awesome. So I was glad that I... Like, I watched the first trailer. I knew Roddy Chang was in mm. it. <laughs> I lost it. I was yeah. like, it is genuinely, like... What a what a thrill to see yeah. that young man in a Marvel film, and it's he's so really cool. funny. He's so funny in it, and he's such an asshole. Yeah, he's and a it's real all, fucking I love asshole. Seeing the costume that he's in, yes. the freaking his, mo- his crazy mohawk thing that he's got going on. Oh man, it made me so happy to see Ronnie in there, and yeah. to see him crush it like this as yeah. well, and keep and retain heat. What makes him funny in it? Yeah, I, maybe very happy and very excited. Yeah. I liked uh, Shang-Chi's sister as well. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, Zhang Li, I thought she had uh, good motivation. Absolutely. Really good motivation. Um, I had no... Uh, so you, everything that kind of happened with her was like, yep, I completely understand, you know, the after credit scene right at the end that you missed that nearly burst my kidneys was, mm. um, you know, she's taken over the Ten yeah. Rings and it's like, okay, well, yeah. this is interesting. Are you setting up a series of movies where now it's going to be, it's not just they're the bad guys, mm. it's family, mm. you know? Crime and Syndicate is he's in the freaking family now. Yeah, so good. Uh, I also didn't know Michelle Yeoh was going to be in this I didn't movie. know Michelle Yeoh was going to be in it either. And I was going to say to you, would you be devastated 
if you found out that your auntie was Michelle Yeoh because she's still so beautiful. She rocks, man. <laughs> Such a fucking all-time... A superstar. One of the all-time greatest movie stars as well, like up there with Tony Long. I'm oh. like, oh... I, to me, I was like, they got both of these people to be right. to be like... Two of the biggest movie stars? I couldn't believe it. Oh, I had no idea that she was turning up and the gravitas that she mm. brought. I just looked it up. She's in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Where is she in that? No idea. Just it's look- so funny. These movies start to... Mm-hmm. I've only ever watched that once. Yeah, I did like that one a lot, though. I liked it. Maybe she's a post credit sequence that I just don't remember at all. Yeah, maybe. It's funny. These movies are... Like so many of the Marvel movies, I really enjoy the first... Like, And then just... Don't really have any urge to yeah. go back to them for whatever reason. Um, a couple of other uh, cameos, mm-hmm. which I was super excited about. Razor Fist, great character's mm. name. Uh, if you don't know who Razor Fist is, he's missing a hand. And guess what he's got there? A razor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well done. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was uh, That's the actor Florian Mon- Montino, I oh. think you. He is... Uh, he is in Creed 2 mm. and uh, he's, he's really Drago's good at that son. he's Drago's yeah, son yeah the son of Drago and uh, so I was wrapped to see him mm. I thought he was good in this yeah. as well he got a nice little funny moment yeah. uh, too but a character that I have had no time for because I just because it, it's probably in like the bottom percentile of Marvel films is Ben Kingsley as Trevor Slattery in Iron Man 3. I actually disagree with you on both counts. I, I think Iron Man 3 is one of my favourite Marvel movies. See, it's just... I'm just not a massive Shane Black fan. I am up and down on Shane Black, but I yeah. like that it feels like a something... At the time, I really loved it because it was like, oh, there's something a little different on going on in this movie when I had fatigue of Marvel films. Yes. I like that it has an individualistic voice. I like what they do with the character of Iron Man. And I loved the fake out with uh, Ben Kingsley. I don't. I think the fake out... The fake out for me feels like... It feels like a bully pulling a fake out. See, I like the bullies. I'm right. a bully myself. So no, you <laughs> Stop it. You- <laughs> but that's interesting. So, yeah. but I have to say, I love Trevor in this. Yeah, he's so funny. Oh my God. Ben Kingsley, like, nailed it. And yeah. to the point where right at the end, when you think he might be dead yeah. and he's not, he's just acting. You go, great. Yeah. Like so, so anyway that was redeemed for me and did it did, so did it redeem it uh, not redeem it for you because you liked it but mm. did you did you enjoy this iteration yes. it, it, for me there were points I go this is still going on I'm yeah. like I don't need this going on yeah. but it would it always in turn delight me he would always have like the perfect like an actually funny quip of some yeah. kind uh, or like something that's funny in the character yeah. that just worked for me to ex- keep extending the gag that he was around. Yes. Because it was almost like a little on the nose when Tony Lung was explaining like someone stole my image and appropriated yes. my... I was like, oh God, shut the fuck up. Pe- people care about this shit still that there they was do. a fake out Mandarin. Yeah. I'm like, God, get over it. But then... Uh, to have him in there, like, yeah, okay, you've won me. You've yeah. won me. You've earned that fucking scene because it's funny that he's here. I thought the scene was clunky as well. And then mm. I realized, oh, no, you're just reminding people and it's, yeah. and it's fine. Uh, that's it. Because I thought it was like they were atoning for something that happened 10 years ago that like fans won't shut the hell up about that they ruined a Mandarin or whatever. But yeah, but the, the, I'm like, this nah, is, nah, it worked. This is the thing about... Uh, 
like it's it's one of the things that will be eventually the end of the Marvel universe mm. in cinema, which is continuity. Yeah, and it is the thing that has ruined comics because. They weren't designed to have continuity. Mm. They were children's entertainment. Exactly. And then over time, and, you know, pretty much it's uh, Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko, the approach to the creation mm. of uh, Mari Severin, the creation of the Marvel Universe where mm. continuity, you know, like as a kid when you're reading a Spider-Man comic and Peter Parker and Mary Jane are walking along on an autumn afternoon and they look up and they see Thor flying past and Peter thinks to himself, oh, I wonder where Thor's going. And then you read Thor's comic Mm. and then, uh, you know, in in the corner you can see Peter and Mary looking up as he's flying off. Like, super cool at the time. Yeah. But what it does is it breeds a world of fans who just Mm. go, well, that's impossible because how could that have happened? Because in this issue, uh, Peter Parker was here, but Thor was meant to be in it. And you go, fuck, you're like ruining life. (laughs) And I would say what I liked more about this much more than Spider-Man, Far From Home, is like the connective tissue wasn't feeling like it was completely in service of the greater plot of these films. But I guess that's also because we're right at the start again. Yeah. We're establishing things again. Well, the good thing about Phase 4 is it's clean slate, isn't it? That's it. And it didn't feel like it was in service to anything greater than just being like the connective tissue of the world. Like, you know, Wong comes in and uh, Ben Kingsley are probably the only two actual pieces of great uh, Marvel continuum here. And uh, the after credit scene. With, and the, after- with, uh, the other one with Captain Marvel. Well, oh, that uh, didn't happen for me, so it doesn't exist. So yeah. it doesn't happen. <laughs> it doesn't happen to me. Um, but it felt like, it genuinely felt a little bit more standalone, which is something yeah. that I appreciate a lot yes. more. Yeah, breath of fresh air, right? Yeah. Um, the actress that played the mum was also—I uh, don't know this actress, uh, Fela Chen. Uh, I thought she was mesmerizing, mm. and I—I I really liked uh, her character as well. You like, you know, once again. I know it's only a, a silly Marvel film, but you understood why Tony Leung's character. Yeah. Makes sense. It all, like he fell in love with it. Yeah, it yeah. makes sense. All it that, that all scene, works. like that, where they battle each other, mm. was. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it happening. I would say also, like, the first probably, like, the prologue of this movie is very cool. Yeah. Like, the prologue all with Tony Long as being, like, the protagonist. Yeah. It all works really well and it works very cool. Yeah. So, there's... uh, I won't keep you too much longer, but there is... um so I had this question for you mm-hmm. that I'd written earlier because I, I tried to put down for for everyone listening. I tried to put down some stuff uh, so we'd have some structure, yeah. not knowing what we were going to experience, <laughs> right? And um, so uh, Simi Lu had asked about playing the character on Twitter in December 2018 when the movie was revealed to be in development. I did see this. Yes. What role would you ask to play in the Marvel wow. universe via Twitter if you? Oh my gosh! Probably Rhino, oh, the Alexi, Rhino, Alexi the Rhino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's probably what I'd go for. Oh, that's the only one it. I feel like I could pull off in some kind of way. Yeah, right. I don't in, know, in, in like uh, the, the classic and the big grey suit with the big horn. Yeah, and... or the Giamatti style where he's wearing an Adidas tracksuit. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that I could do. Um, otherwise, I don't know. I don't think that. Oh God. Okay. No, I've. I would love an X-Men 
maybe I would be I would love to play Beast I think I could bring a new take on Beasts so Yes. So there is a so the beast uh, Hank McCoy, mm-hmm. uh, Hank McCoy. That character yeah. is um a long beloved character. Yeah. One of my favorite characters ever. Right. So did you ever read him in the there's uh in the 70s 80s mm-hmm. beast leaves the X-Men and yep. joins the Avengers and they team him up with the character of uh, Simon Williams who yep. is the Wonder Man and the Beast is yeah, by this stage he's uh, he's blue and fairy mm-hmm. uh, furry but he is um, he's a real hit with the ladies always yep. going on dates charming yeah really smart because he's a scientist but also has this agility and power yep. Beast is one of my favorite characters always. as well and you know what you would make a great beast. I think I could bring a whole new take to the character. Oh my god! And actually, that's one of my favorite superhero castings ever. Is um freaking Kelsey Grammer as Beast in yes. like the bad X Men movie? Yes. I'm like, come on, that's great casting. That's right. perfect for me. Right, but, but Kelsey Grammer is like he's like a beast. beast. Kelsey he- Grammer is a beast IRL. Yeah, but like Beast is almost George Clooney esque mm. uh, charming. God, Beast George Clooney as Beast. <laughs> That is, I'd never thought of that. I really like it. I'm taking my hat out of the ring. I want, no, 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 I want no, 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 no. Clooney's, Clooney's past it. He's not yeah. doing these films. He could be Beast. Nah, not anymore. It no, no, no. Cameo. Beast. No, no, no. I want a, I want a younger Beast. Okay, it's going to be you me. Know, I want one in their 20s. Yeah. Uh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, who is, and I want, I want at least a decade of your Beast. Wow, okay. Yeah, I would love, I reckon Beast is the one that I think I could pull off. And yeah. you just get a stunt guy to do all the stuff where he's dangling from the roof and stuff yeah. like that or do some trickery. You know who I could be? Who would you be? Cyclops. Yeah, you could uh, you be know, Cyclops. A, get yeah. to keep the glasses. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> B, uh, Cyclops is an underrated character who gets like written Cyclops. poorly yeah. uh, often and uh, I'm an X-Men guy like yeah. I, I I love X-Men comics I barely like any of the movies and yeah. I, that's why I'm like <laughs> what, what, okay just quickly yeah X-Men 1 X-Men 1 fine it's fine like yeah. you know the thing to remember is there hadn't been a movie like yes, that exactly. and it was Incredibly thrilling. Yeah, it's fun. It, it's got great actors. Anna Paquin, fucking uh, Hugh Jackman, huge yeah. great performances from them. Yeah, you got Magneto. You got freaking Doctor X. They're awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. Professor X. You know all of that mm-hmm. stuff. And you know it was funny when Wolverine's wearing the black suit and mm-hmm. you know Cyclops is like James Marsden. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Marsden is underrated. An underrated. Thank underrated. you. Underrated. Good comedic foil. I yes. like him. Yes. Uh, X Men. Two, two, X two, X Men United. Yes, pretty good. Like just, just a little, like just slightly at the end. Mm-hmm. It just wavers a little bit. Yeah, the scene of Wolverine. I had was uh, protecting the kids. Yep, like that was the Wolverine Loved I had that. wanted to see exactly on the big screen. Like all yep. my life, and Nightcrawler. The introduction to Nightcrawler, awesome. X Men three, I. I think I liked it at the time, but I was like 11 years old. So right. maybe not 11, but you know, yeah, like young yeah. enough to like, that go, must, oh, that must mean okay. I was about 48. So yeah, but then you can feel, you can feel it losing focus. Mm. Uh, first class. I would say first class was the X movie I wanted to see my whole life. Right. Yeah. I really loved it. I saw it a few times in the cinema. Yeah. Um, uh, I think I like it less now when I've revisited in the last few years. Yeah. But 
uh, from being like a childhood X-Men reader, I was like, that's what I've always wanted was that yeah. film. And then Days of Future Past, same thing. I really yeah. like that a lot as well. And I just watched Apocalypse. Uh, oh, just was, finally. Just right. watched it. Yeah. it was not good. Someone told me, a person I trusted told me it was actually good. I watched it. I go, it's not good. It's Well, bad. you need to just... Like not, they're flushed. They're flushed. They're considered unflushed. They're then gone. I like the Wolverine, and I like Logan. Oh, uh, hang lot on. Too. What about what about Dark Phoenix? Have you seen it? No. I after You'll I hated Apocalypse, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to. I saw it just because. Yeah, I'd seen all the others. Yeah, and I, and also, I can't remember anything. I don't hate X Men Three enough to go to be like do it again or whatever, and it's, then do it worse. You it's know? the mistake that Sony made with killing off. Uh, you know what was it uh, Gwen Stacy and the mm. uh, killing off Emma Stone like yeah. y- you can't you can't keep killing off Jean Grey because you want to reenact the Days of Future Past mm. storyline because the reason the Days of Future Past storyline hit was uh, and, and Jean Grey dying was because we had at that stage 20 years of those stories mm, exactly and you can't do it in like three hours yeah four exactly. hours it's like well why do i give a shit mm. like you haven't like yeah. i don't really know this character exactly so uh, so wolverine origins oh it's bad but i, I in a way that i kind of dig because such a disaster yeah like there's stuff in it that i think about all the time like because you know it's filmed around the corner from where i grew up and shit right. where i went to high school right but also like will i am in that movie um oh god i, I never forgot that will right. i am as like can't even tell you what character he plays yeah but he does this thing where he like teleports he goes hey you can't catch me like hitting people yeah. I'm like always think about that I'm like why that why did why? you get will i am like why? just awful stunt casting why i am yeah <laughs> why am i dude <laughs> Well, I, I am, and why am I? <laughs> like that, I that it's just so much bad casting in that movie. Ah, uh, yeah. Though it did give us another thing for Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool two to go and shoot. Yeah. So that's oh, that's all great. Yeah, <laughs> Taylor Kitsch as freaking Gambit. Oh man, Taylor man. Kitsch, that poor guy. Like, poor guy. You didn't know, get, didn't stand a chance out there in the world. Battle, oh, man. doing that battleship, battleship. John Carter. I actually have a soft spot for John Carter. So do I. I. Thought I. It was going to blow the world apart. Thought it was going to be humongous. I thought it was fine. I worked at Disney Channel when it came out. You know how much John Carter merch I just got rid of when I moved house for like the oh, fourth man. time. You know, I used to have John Carter USB sticks. Yeah, I reckon my first stand-up session were John Carter freaking notebooks. <laughs> With John Carter pants. Oh, man. You know, I saw a trailer that a fan made Mm. for John Carter that was a... It was perfect. And it was... It showed all the covers of the original paperbacks. And it was like saying, before Star Wars, before this. And it just... It gave John Carter context. They need to do that. And then Taylor Kitsch puts in a fucking great performance Mm -hmm. in... The worst season of True Detective. Yeah. Like, he's really good in it, but it's Correct. a terrible... Uh, what does he even do now? I don't know what he does these days. You know, he was in... Uh, I think he was quite good in a... Playing David Koresh in something. Oh, well... Whoa, you know, okay. but he's he's just one of those guys that just has not... And then, you know... Yeah. Hasn't had the luck, whereas Jesse Plemons got lots mm-hmm. of good things, even, you know, small roles in Spielberg movies yeah, and things exactly. like that. Get Taylor so. Kitsch in a Marvel. Put him as one of the Eternals. Yes, just do it. Deep fake him into it. Give him a shot. Put him. Give him. Give him yes. a crack. Make um, him a villain or freaking Captain America or some shit. I don't know. 
a few a few more questions to round this off for you. Mm-hmm. Um, does this film make you excited, dejected, or nonplus for the new phase of Marvel films? Um, or yeah, I would say moderately. Ex- maybe not excited. I would say like, please a, me a little bit more peaked. A little bit more peaks, but also, yeah. you know, you've, if you've not seen the movie, skip ahead. Tony Lung is not going to be in them anymore. So, like, right. what are they going to do? Get freaking Andy Mack or something in there? I don't know. Well, yeah. <laughs> it is a uh, it is a disappointment to mm. uh, lose that character, but um, you know, yeah, I, it, it is a mystical place. So, there's a potential to bring them back. I, whenever I say I'm out, they always pull them back in. There's always going to yeah. be a little cinephiliac treat in there yeah. for me. Like, you know, Sam Raimi's directing one. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah. Like Kate Shortland doing Black Widow. I'm like, okay, great. Yeah. They got an Aussie filmmaker that I'm excited to see get to the next level. Yeah. Da- da- uh, what's his name? Uh, the director of this film, uh, Destin Daniel Cretton. Yeah. I really like Short Term 12, another right. film that he made. Yeah. That was like a big indie when I was like coming of age. I was like, right. oh, that's a cool guy. So, you know, there's always going to be just enough something exciting. Will I see Eternals? Don't know, actually. Even though I liked Nomadland by Chloe Zhao, I don't know if I'll see Eternals. Yeah. Even, but, you know, and like you said, in the cinema, Angelina Jolie, has there been a bigger movie star in these Marvel movies? Not really. Like, she's a proper superstar. Proper. So I would like to see what they do with her, especially, like, her persona suits a role like this. So I <laughs> want to see how they use or subvert that. So the trailers have been deceptive, uh, have been quite underwhelming mm. uh, from a storytelling perspective. You know, as you said, I hadn't really thought about it, but I had felt a little bit underwhelmed watching the... Yeah. And I only watched it once, but then watching it again, and you said, I don't even freaking know what's going on. I was yeah. like, oh yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? Like if these movies, literally from what I can feel, yeah. gauge on them, if they're just going to go, well, these are these all-powerful beings that have been on Earth, and here's why they didn't do anything during the Avengers stuff. Yeah. I'll be like, what the... F- Why do we need that's, this movie then? That's, you know... That's, that's the whole film is going to be them going like, well, here's why we stood out of this problem. Yeah. It's like, what is this? Do we need a movie where these all-powerful elite beings stand by and do nothing? Yeah. Do we need that? Well, I don't know. Like, I haven't seen the film. Yeah. Like, I, but in the lead-up, I don't know. Mm. But I do... You know, I'm curious about Angelina Jolie. I do like Barry Keogh. I do like Richard Madden. Mm. I don't really give a shit about Kit Harrington, but mm. he is playing a character oh, that yeah, I he's like. In it. He's playing the Black Knight, who oh, was a character okay. I liked in the comics. I would say that if this movie is as big a hit as all the other Marvel movies, it shows that they're kind of they can't do wrong box office wise right. that it's just such a titan that's always going to get bums and seats because it's got yeah. the MCU attachment yeah um, because to me I see this trailer I go if there's no MCU this is a stinkeroony bomb waiting to happen this right. is this could be it this reads flop to me but I know that's going to make a billion dollars it's going to like make so much money but if it didn't have MCU Disney Marvel at the top yeah I would be like this is a flop of a John Carter level like right. waiting to happen like why are you making this movie right right but it won't fail it's impossible for this giant to fail well you would have said that about star wars until solo and solo i liked solo as no, well no no but it didn't yeah 
Did you like Solo? Yeah, we saw it together. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I might have to watch it again. Uh, I've seen it three times, I think. Really? Yeah. I, it's, I would put it as uh, up there. I liked it a lot. I, I didn't dislike it, yeah. but I can't really remember it. There's two Star Wars movies I like a lot less than it. And they're both come out in the last like ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're just like, oh god, we we stayed too long at this mm-hmm. party. Uh, my theory on, I would, uh, you know, this problem with we had this big event. Why weren't all these other characters mm. around? Like, how they're going to bring the X Men in is yeah. fascinating. To I me. wonder they're just going to start how- new. Go like, oh, now people are mutating. So you know, that's that's probably how I'd do it because like this movie set in 2024. Mm. You know, yeah. this is set in the future. Uh, a couple of quick things before we go. Did you have a moment where you're going, it's after watching The Leftovers and loving it so much, isn't it funny to have had a, you know, the blip in Marvel and people just say, like, to me, it's really funny. They just go, we live in a world where people can just uh, disappear. Mm. Yeah, that's full on. And then they just keep moving. It's yeah. like, I feel like you should be talking about that more. I feel like you should all have a bit of PTSD. Yeah. I feel like this is this is an aspect of the Marvel Universe that, you know what, with all your little fucking Disney mm. Plus things, this is the thing that you need to explore. I think in Disney Plus, they should explore it there. In the big movies, we've got to move on. We can't yeah. deal with the this forever. But it could be it could be a motivation Mm. it could be a motivation Uh, I would set up a whole new uh, phase of films or section of films uh, and I would set them in the 70s and I yeah, would put Daredevil cool. there I would put Iron yeah, Fist I, like this. I would put Luke Cage mm-hmm. I would lean into that black exploitation that this is where yeah. Shang-Chi was originally from yeah. so you can't have him there but you could have this world you know, Daredevil's much more interesting in a world where we don't have the technology yeah. that we have today. That's what I'd do. Yeah. Um, we got to see our friend Ronnie Chang in a Marvel film. Which mm-hmm. of your friends would you like to see in a superhero movie? Wow. And which character would they play? And how would you like that film to play out? Wow. I know that's a big question. but Huge I, question. I would have given you a heads up, but I thought of it at the last second before mm. I left. Okay. Well, you know, my best friend, Cameron James, I would... I, I think Cameron James is such a great actor and I always think that he has like the um, the leading man potential for something like this and I would love to see Cameron um, God who would I like to see him play because I always think Cameron could do a Kurt Russell thing eventually I think right. he could do a Kurt Russell in a more comedic vein or something. oh kind. yeah yeah or oh no yeah I, I reckon there's a uh you know, Cam is really smart, really mm-hmm. funny. He doesn't suffer fools. Yeah. You can see sometimes in his eyes when he's looking around, he's not trusting everyone in the yep. room. Exactly. Quite I mean, skeptical. that is a compliment. Exactly. But uh, I like that skepticism. Skeptical. Yeah. Um, Probably Jessica would, Jones. I don't know. He'd be Jessica yeah. Jones. <laughs> no. Who would Cam be? Cam would be interesting mm. hey before so to, to get the ball rolling I would have Ben Elwood as Benjamin Grimm the thing wow yeah Ben Elwood as either <laughs> Ben Grimm or Wolverine the Bob Hoskins style original Wolverine oh yeah yeah love. yeah yeah. the short yeah. yeah everyone forgets that Wolverine's meant to be five foot yeah. three but Ben Grimm as, I would love that oh yeah what about Cam as um the freaking human torch Oh yeah, he's got that flamey head already. He's got red head. Oh yeah, but he's like uh, uh, Johnny Storm is uh, like literally a hothead. You yeah. know, like he's is Cam a hothead? He could be. 
he could be a hot hand. Yeah. This could be the thing that he's waiting for. Mm-hmm. Uh, any last thoughts before I let you go? Um, you know what? Good movie. Good yeah. movie. I'm glad I saw it in the cinema. Yes. I think my final thoughts would be... I... Well, you know, there's only one thing of aspect of the movie that I cannot stop thinking about, which is Tony Lung. And I've said yeah. it a lot already on the yeah. podcast. But I would say more of that. Like, more of... When Marvel gets a casting choice really right, they yeah. get it really, really right. Yeah. And I would like to see more of those that either utilize movie stardom for something... Like, I think Kate Blanchett is one of the best actors that they've ever had in the yeah. franchise, but then I don't think they utilize her almost at all, really. Um, that I, So I, th- I like that someone like Tony Lung or Michael B. Jordan or yeah. Jeff Bridges, it utilizes their movie stardom in a way to create something... Uh, that either subverts or plays with it. So I do want to see more movie stars in these films. Yeah, that's funny. Kate Blanchett is fun, mm. but that's all she gets to be, whereas yes. Tony Lung gets to be a lot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I hope, um, you know, it kind of looks like there is a... You haven't watched The uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but no. um, there is a character that uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is playing. I just saw her in Black Widow. Yes. And when I found out she was in Falcon and Winter Soldier, I was like, that makes it actually more appealing for me to watch. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, that's I my least favorite. Uh, I reckon the What If cartoon is has not been. Oh uh, no! I, I watched a few episodes of What If cartoon, and I was like, "This is so depressing." Because every What If is like, "What if this guy that you like is dead?" Uh it just it, it's such a great idea, and I just thought they didn't do a very good mm. job with it. Um, uh, I really liked WandaVision. I liked most of Long Lo- Loki, mm. and oh, I, yeah, liked, I forgot that happened. I liked some of. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but it looks like she's kind of like being a fem- uh, an evil female version of Nick Fury mm. and getting together a, you know, maybe she's getting together the Masters of Evil or it's going to be a Thunderbolts kind mm. of thing. So maybe they can bring, you know, it's mystical. Maybe they can bring Tony Lung back to mm. join a, a team of bad guys. Okay, cool. So that would be nice. Mm. But I, I have to be honest, I was excited to be at the cinema. Mm-hmm. I was excited to be out of the house. Yes. And... I actually had a really good time in this film. Me too. Like it was, uh, it was, it was. I thought it would be good. Mm -hmm. I I think all the Marvel films, to a certain extent, are good. Yeah. But I would put this in the uh, upper, upper ten percent. I would say in the mid, upper mid, upper Upper mid mid section. Because there's some that I feel transcend, like a Black Panther transcends. Yes. I actually feel that way about Infinity War. Even though I don't, I really don't like um, the end game. Yeah, why don't I, you like end game? If you, do, if it's so long, and right. uh, and to me, but, Infinity War was uh, it had the ch- it passed all the challenges that I had for it, which right. were uh, bringing all these disparate characters with their disparate yes. tones together, and I yeah. thought they did that really cohesively, but enough texture to like go in between them all. Yeah, and I was like Thanos. I don't give a shit about Thanos. Yeah, and then I'm like, well, how? they're going to make Thanos interesting than to make Thanos the freaking protagonist yeah. of the film yeah. um, and I think that to me I was like that was genius blockbuster filmmaking that pushed what the this franchise and what blockbusters can do yeah. into another level and I felt like Endgame I did a lot of that for me which I didn't like do you think that's because 
endings are notoriously hard to yes. land in TV shows, and so therefore, what you're essentially doing with Endgame. See, I mm. think Endgame is pretty extraordinary, mm. but I also don't really differentiate yeah. that much between Infinity War and Endgame. I think yeah, they're... I differentiate them greatly. I think right. they're completely different movies. Uh, I think that Endgame didn't understand anything about what I personally, me, Alexis Tolopoulos, liked about <laughs> Infinity War. But also, it's like you know, endings suck. Endings are really boring. Like every trilogies are. And I don't understand why trilogy has become like the default way to tell stories. Yeah, because the third one well, is always going to be boring. They're always like endings are boring. Like Return of the King, great movie, but the, it's it's not as exciting as the first two because it's not building up to something. It's like the denouement or something. You well, know? endings. Of course, that's going to be the way because mm. the middle part of anything is exactly. is is a world of uh, options and mm. endings. They have to be something. Yeah, and if there's something, that means. There's, 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 there's like a it destination just, now. You, you have to make a decision. Exactly. There's a destination now. So there's very few things that can surprise you or whatever in an ending. You know, you look at Star Wars and the early, like, Return of the Jedi, it's a lovely movie. It's a good ending. <laughs> and then the Revenge of the Sith, because it's not actually a closing, it's not an ending, it, you know the destination. So whatever it does, it's going to subvert. Yeah. And so I like that one a lot. Yeah. And yeah. then Rise of Skywalker, you have to just be like, well, endings are lame. All the exciting stuff's over. It's yeah. Now we're just in the lame stuff where it's just got to tie, tie everything up. But also beyond that, Rise of Skywalker is one of the worst movies I've seen in the last few years of that level. And I feel like you're talking it up. Yeah, true. <laughs> true, it's awful. One of the worst movies, I'd say. I remember I saw that with uh, my mate Craig Egan. Mm. We watched it. We left. We went to Cafe de Villiers in Adelaide. Yeah. Big shout out for one third of the pie factor. Yeah. We were eating. We were having a drink. We were talking about stuff. And then uh, we got into the car and he dropped me off at my mum's place. And I was like, how weird is it that we've just hung out for an hour after that film and not talked about yeah. it? Yeah. I, I think it made me uh, <laughs> oh my God. a better person because it made I've been obsessed with Star Wars my whole life. Yeah. To have something that just made me care about a lot less really helped me grow as a person, I'd yeah. say. To just <laughs> Thank go, you. I've lost something that, like, you know, I don't need that one big attachment in my life anymore. Yeah. And it's gone. No, it's good. I'm going to let you go. Where can people find you? Uh, you can listen to me on Total Reboot every week with Cameron James. We talk about movies. Mm. Uh, we are currently in October, so we're doing our spooky season. And the oh. miniseries we're doing is called Scream Ages, and it's all about teen horror movies. Oh, so we've great. Done Scream. We've going to do Lost Boys, uh, Jennifer's Body, It Follows, like yeah. some of the big and interesting and exciting teen horror movies of all time. Well, this is coming out uh, this Thursday, and we're starting. Uh, ben and I are launching mm -hmm. within this podcast the sci-fi oh, series yeah. and we're launching with 2001 which is great mm -hmm. because now I can finally listen to yeah. you guys talking about 2001 which I had to avoid because yeah. I needed to make sure I was clean and fresh before yeah. so I'm going to go back and listen to that as well we just did a mini series that we called Man vs. Machines where we yeah. talked about like huge icons of sci-fi yeah. so we did the Terminator, we did 2001 A Space Odyssey, we did Robocop, and we yeah. did The Matrix. Yeah. And um, a lot of those are my favorite movies of yeah. all time and the best movies of all time. Yeah. And um, yeah, they're very silly conversations around them while also trying to get deep into the thematics of like what we are 
trying to do in telling. I think with the miniseries format that we do now, we yeah. really always try to have a question that we're trying to get to, which is always, why do we tell stories in this genre? Right. Why do we grapple with this theme? So we really try to ho- like hone in on like, why... There's so many stories where we're trying to grapple with the things that we create. Yeah. And I think that's what we try to get to in a miniseries like that. You know, it's funny, The uh, not to preempt it, but we're doing uh, David Lynch films here as mm. well. And we just watched The Elephant Man. And there's yeah, a scene where uh, Anthony Hopkins talks about the, uh, the new types of injuries he's seeing coming. Mm. And uh, that are because of mechanic- their mechanical injuries. Yeah. And so it's uh, probably something that we've been grappling with from the first time we invented the hammer and someone hit yeah. their thumb. Absolutely. What the fuck is going on and with actually this? actually in 2001 special, you do see that monkey invent the hammer. Exactly. It all comes together. Yeah. Alexi, great to see you. Likewise. to Alexi for stopping by and chatting about the movie with me. You can hear Alexi on his podcast, the fantastic Total Reboot with the super funny Cameron James. Also, a big thank you to our Patreon member of the episode, Matt Diagon. Thank you very much for being a part of this rapidly growing community. Uh, A quick reminder that you too can have an episode that is... uh, all about you by signing up to any of the tiers on the Patreon. To find out more, head over to the site and look for Justin Hamilton dash Big Squid. If money is a bit tight, you can contribute to the podcast by leaving a top review over at Apple Podcasts or word of mouth is always the best bet. However you feel like you would like to contribute, uh, please feel free to do so. I'll be back Next week, with two new podcasts, on Tuesday, Garth Jones returns with his Ozploitation segment, Pass the Amel. Whew, people are talking up this segment. It's a really popular one. I'm getting a lot of great feedback on that. And we're covering the film Wormwood, Road of the Dead. If you haven't seen that film, you can find it on Stan. That's where I watched it. So if you want to get ahead of that, uh, please do so. And uh, join us on Tuesday for uh, Pass the Ammo. And then on Thursday, Ben Elwood and I launch our new series, Space Podacy, a 10-part podcast where we cover some of our favourite science fiction movies. It has new music, new artwork, new segments, but it is all here on this feed and we're ripping the band-aid off and opening with Stanley Kubrick's masterpiece, 2001, A Space Odyssey. As I said on Tuesday, you either start with 2001 or you wait for episode 2001, and I just don't reckon we have that kind of patience. So we thought, well, let's just open big. Okay, thank you very much for hanging out with me. Let's finish with a quote from acting legend Michelle Yeoh. It can only be true love when you enable your other half to be better, to be the person they're destined to be. What a great week. So, so happy to be back with you. Until then. are on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.